Today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast is sponsored by my friends at Hello Divorce. Divorce is a $50 billion a year industry, and Hello Divorce is changing that model by providing people in California with a new way to divorce that combines best-in-class technology with legal experts ready to help when you need it. They have saved their members not just their time and sanity, but millions of dollars in legal fees. Hello Divorce is a full-service online platform that guides you through the entire divorce process with a library of informative resources, how-tos and instructional videos, do-it-yourself options, and flat-fee legal services. They even have their new app, The Divorce Navigator, that guides you through the 20-plus mandatory California legal forms. So go to hellodivorce.com and find out more. You can use the code DIVORCEBEYOND for $50 off the cost of any subscription or service. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. And the other element to that is um, kind of an empowering message because when you, you deal with divorce every day, uh, people easily beat themselves down or, or they don't feel like they're good enough or they don't feel like they can, they can get through it. Um, but in, in particular, when you're dealing with finances or any part of the divorce process, it, it's complicated. And uh, one of the things I like to say is, is 100% of the people I've ever talked to have made it through the divorce process in one piece. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today my guest and I are going to get down and dirty about the financial side of divorce. As always, my guest is someone whose advice and expertise you can trust. I have the host of the number one divorce finance podcast, Divorce and Your Money, here today with me, Sean Lehman. So thank you, Sean, for joining me. Thank you for having me, Susan. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm really happy to have you here. I think you're, uh, I'm going to give everyone just a little rundown on some of your qualifications. Um, I always like that my listeners to know um, who's giving them the information and, and you certainly have some impressive qualifications for them. You're an MBA and a certified divorce financial analyst. So my listeners know I love love, love working with CDFAs in divorce. I think they're really a critical part. Um, even in a simple financial situation, they can be a critical support for the clients. Um, and as I mentioned, you are the host of the number one divorce financial podcast, Divorce in Your Money. I've listened listened to some of your episodes and you have some great information in there. So I, I recommend people go and listen to your podcast as well for some more information on this topic. Um, you also are the author author of Divorce in Your Money, How to Avoid Costly Divorce Mistakes, which I think just came out this year, um, which since 
the year is only a couple of weeks uh, old as we tape this. That's wonderful. Um, and we'll be talking about how people can uh, get a copy of the book. I've read it. You sent me a copy. And uh, this episode is based on a section of the book that I just think is going to be so helpful to people. Um, you're, you've also had work uh, showcased in Time, USA Today, Yahoo Finance, NASDAQ, a myriad of publications. So people, you can Google Sean. You could also go to his website, uh, divorceandyourmoney.com. Over a million people have done the same. So clearly there's some great content there. So I, I'm just very happy that we're going to be touching on some of the pain points that arise as clients are facing divorce, because there's you and I talked about this just before we started taping. There is a lot of fear around money just in general. But when it comes to divorce, this is somewhere that almost universally, it doesn't matter how much money you have or how little money you have, the fear in divorce around money is huge. So today we're going to be talking about some of your top tips about how people can protect themselves. Um, so, you know, you, you did send me the copy of the book. You have that section entitled The Top 10 Must-Follow Divorce Tips. Um, so, and it's really kind of a master class for people in how to approach divorce financially. So let's just, you know, dive in on some of those tips, if that's okay, um, because I think that the information is going to give people sort of a roadmap of how to approach finance. Um, so the first tips, and I've sort of combined these two because I think they can go together, is face reality head on and know you've got this. I like that positive, you know, approach because, I, you know, I, I've always found there's an ostrich syndrome around finances and divorce. I always call it that because I find people want to just stick their head in the sand and hope it's all going to work out because it's more painful to take a hard look at their finances. So let's just get your input. What do you what do you mean by face reality head on? And you you know know you've got this. Yeah, I, I start with those kind of two points uh, for a reason, and and that is, it's very tempting. I mean, I, I think anyone going through divorce knows this uh, all too well. Is that it's it's a shock and it can be devastating, and you can feel uh, overwhelmed with emotions. You might want to not leave the house or, or get off the couch or be in public or not show up to the lawyer or not make that phone call or whatever the case is. Um, but when those papers are filed or when you're planning to prepare those, uh, filing those papers, I mean, it's real. And uh, it may not feel like it. Uh, it might be like you're in a dream state and is this really happening, but it is. And uh, one of the things is, is because it is happening, uh, accept it. And one of the things that's really important is you have to deal with it. I mean, it's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be fun, um, but not everything in life is. And so uh, I'm very big on the, I know you got a million emotions going on, um, but it's here, it's happening. Let's try and make uh, the best decisions you can. And the other element to that is um, kind of an empowering message because when you, you deal with divorce every day, uh, people easily beat themselves down or, or they don't feel like they're good enough or they don't feel like they can, they can get through it. Um, but and, and particularly when you're dealing with finances or any part of the divorce process, it, it's complicated. 
And uh, one of the things I like to say is, is 100% of the people I've ever talked to have made it through the divorce process in one piece. And on top of that, they have the skills to make it through the divorce process in one piece. And they have the skills um, to handle all the various complications. They might not have dusted off some of those skills in, in the last 10 or 20 or, or 30 years, but they're in you. And um, it's just realizing that you have all the, the capabilities you need, but you just need to start implementing and practicing them and maybe uh, dusting off some stuff you, you haven't or some skills you haven't used in a while, but, but it's there and, and everyone's gonna make, through it, make it through. Um, I, I'm, I love that you say that because universally that is true. You know, I've been helping people through divorce for such a long time and it's everything from, you know, titans of finance who come in and think they know everything about finance only to find out that divorce finance is a little different than running your, as a CEO, your major corporation, all the way down to spouses who have been stay-at-home parents for decades and who have not done anything other than used a credit card and just assumed there was money behind it. You know, I've had the entire spectrum. One of the empowering things, it's great that you use that word because one of the empowering things about divorce is you have to get on top of your finances to get through it successfully, to do a good job and make good decisions, as you said. And one of the things that is a consequence of getting on top of your finances, learning and understanding and facing the reality of the divorce head on by doing that is that you start to take control of your finances of your life because money is control, right? So, and and that's sort of your next tip too, that leads into the next tip, which is get it organized and take time to understand your finances. I've taken two of your your tips and combined them together again, but it really goes to that. When you're feeling fear, I always tell my clients, the first step to fighting fear, I had an episode called Punch Fear in the Face. And you know, the first step to pulling back that fist is educating yourself, is 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 figuring things out, is getting some knowledge in your head, not sticking your head in the sand like an ostrich. So in getting organizing and taking the time to understand your finances, how do you explain that to your clients? How do you get them started doing that? Yeah, it's it, getting organized is one of the toughest, uh, probably most time-consuming things that you might do uh, in the divorce process, but also one of the most important um, because, and it doesn't really matter what vantage point you're coming from, whether you've dealt with the finances all the time or you're looking for them for the first time, is that there's a lot of moving parts in the divorce process. Uh, sometimes it's as basic as, uh, particularly at the beginning of the process of, when did you get married? What are the kids' names? Uh, what are their you know, dates of birth, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to organize that kind of basic information to, hey, do you, do you have any retirement accounts? Um, how much are those accounts worth? Whose name's on them? Uh, what about the house? Or what about a business? Or whatever the case may be. And the point is, is, is even though there could be an overwhelming amount of information that covers 
a variety of, of categories and, and, and points. Sometimes it's uh, home information, what's in the house physically, like are, is there uh, jewelry, furniture, uh, cars in the garage, artwork on the wall, uh, fine china or silverware, whatever that is to, you know, what kind of savings do you have, um, to what kind of everyday checking accounts, do you have lots of debt, are there student loans? I mean, there's lots of different categories, but one of the things I do is like, all right, we'll just talk about debt for a second. Well, get your credit card statement. Uh, what cards do you have? Spend, you know, some people can set aside a day to get themselves organized or a couple of days over a weekend, um, or sometimes people might only have an hour or two. Whatever you can, just start making progress and keeping things organized. And um, just try and figure out, really the goal is just to figure out everything that you have. That's all we're trying to figure out is, is what do you own, what do you owe, and can we keep track of, of all of it in a nice and clean and easy way? And sometimes it might be, you know, I've, I've been with clients where it's like, hey, we're going to drive to the bank together and, and see. <laughs> we are going to figure this out. Yeah, it's like, hey, we're going to go get the statements from the past year or past three years or whatever the case is and just figure out what accounts were there, what you were doing, whatever. Or we're going to call up the credit card company together and figure that out, see what, what account are you uh, uh, an authorized user or what account actually has your, your name uh, attached to it? Um, and it's, it's just getting together and putting together all these little puzzle pieces almost so that we can see the full puzzle when it comes to your, your finances. And sometimes you only do one piece at a time, but as long as you keep it organized and get organized, uh, that full picture starts to come together nicely. And it's okay if you uh, might be missing a few pieces here or there, which is common. But if we start filling in and getting the picture, at least your attorney will know to, uh, what to ask or what to look for. Your financial team will know what to ask, what to look for. And uh, we can start getting that uh, complete puzzle. And it, it saves a lot of time, energy, and, and helps everyone uh, in the process. Well, it's really one of the most important parts because maybe you found this as well. What I have always found with people, it's human nature that when they know a divorce is coming, they immediately want to sit down and talk about who gets what. But they do that before they even have an understanding of, I always call it the marital pie. You called it the puzzle. I call it the marital pie. They start slicing up pieces of pie and hand, putting them on to each of their plates before knowing what's in the pie. And so it's really an utterly necessary, both from a practical standpoint, as well as a legal standpoint, it's required under the law in every jurisdiction I know of that the parties fully disclose what their marital pie is. And so what you're talking about is really pulling together that pie, pulling that information. One thing I just want to mention to my listeners is in the digital age or in the computer centered world that we live in today, there's a lot of tech that helps you to actually pull this information together. I just have started using something called Detour Life, which is a platform online, maybe you've, you've heard of it, where they can actually connect their financial institution accounts directly to the Detour Life platform, and the, it will auto-populate the balances of all the accounts, the all the account information in an ongoing basis and give access to all of that. So you don't need to get in your car and go drive down to the bank to pull those statements. But so that's the other thing, you know, for people to know is there's a lot of, of tech available. There are a lot of resources available because this quantifying stage can often be one of the most difficult or longest, most drawn out, protracted stages because it's 
it can be so difficult for people. So and then, you know, you do make the important point that it's not just pulling it all together. You have to understand it, too. You have to take the time to be educated. And if that means having someone like you, which often it should mean having someone like you sit down, go over those documents, go over that information and then educate you on what your finances are if you don't feel that you have a good grasp of that. Because when you're making the decisions about how to divide the pie up, understanding the finances is kind of key to making good decisions, don't you think? I, I think very much so. And and um, I, I also like to say, like, look, uh, finance is really complicated. There are people who spend uh, all 40 years or so or 50 years of their career looking at finances. Um, you're not necessarily going to know everything on day one, and that's okay. Um, don't feel like you're missing out or, or, or anything like that. Write down your questions, um, do your research, and it's okay if you need to be educated on certain aspects of your financial picture. You have questions about how a, a Roth IRA works versus a traditional IRA works. Um, whether, you know, if you want to keep the house, but there's a mortgage with two names on it, well, how do you keep a house? It, it's, it's okay if you don't know the answer uh, off the top of your head, but, you know, part of my job and part of our job is to uh, help educate you and, and, you know, help you work through the unknowns or the things you're trying to figure out and, and help you identify what you might not know so that you can ultimately make that uh, most informed decision when the time comes. Right. And, and and help you also to suss out different scenarios that might work, say, you know, with the house. We run into that one all the time as prof divorce professionals where people want to keep the house. But that's a pretty complicated issue in many cases. And you're, you're you know, your average person might not know all the nuances of that um, paradigm. And so that's a lot of what your your financial professional can help you with. Can you qualify for a refi? Can you afford it based upon the support you're going to be receiving or paying? You know, there's a lot of questions that come along with that. So the understanding part and, and having the resources and the support out there through professionals, through whatever resources you have available to you. There's a lot available on the internet as well. You know, there's a lot of information. Just be careful where you're getting it. Um, trust your source. Uh, but educating yourself on what you have. I'd like to take a moment now to talk to my mediation colleagues. Many of you are intrigued when you find out that I have a fully online mediation practice. And when you hear that my overhead is under $100 a month, you definitely want to know more. Because of all the interest, I have created my online mediation training program that helps you to add an online platform to your practice quickly and easily. The hottest trend in mediation right now is online mediation, and you can be online too. In the program, you're going to learn the basics of conducting your mediations through an online platform and the practical and ethical considerations that you need to know. I conduct the personalized one-on-one -on -one trainings and group trainings online at your convenience, and I even hold special reduced price webinars periodically. So go to learntomediateonline.com to find out more. And for those who mention the podcast, you'll receive $50 off the cost of the one-on-one -on -one training. I look forward to seeing you online soon. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her guest, 
Sean Lehman on Divorce and Your Money, insider advice on how to protect yourself in divorce. At its core, you want to be able to freely communicate with your uh, friends, advisors, etc., and not have someone reading or intercepting or observing those conversations. Um, so you can decide what's best for you. If you are enjoying this episode, check out Why Divorce Rehab Just May Be the Kick in the Ass You Need with guest Wendy Sterling, the Divorce Recovery Specialist. None of us ever think that divorce is going to happen to us. Um, you know, we were that couple that everyone said, you guys are the last people we would have ever thought this would have happened to. And, you know, I choose my words very carefully because I actually now say that my divorce didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And the reason that it did was because it was my wake up call to start really paying attention to myself, my needs, what I wanted, and to start respecting myself and enough to create the life that I wanted instead of feeling like I had to be stuck in the life that I was handed. And now we return to today's show. Another key point that you point out, and I think this is a great point because I don't know that all financial advisors actually point this out to clients, how important this is. You, you tell people to create a marital history. Um, and and yes, that may have something to do with what happened and why your marriage broke down, but that's really more for your lawyer if you're getting into a litigation. And you're really talking in many cases about a financial history. So can you explain to people what you mean by that? Because I think it's a critical part of the equation. Yeah, it's, it's and I would say all of the above um, in terms of what its utility is, is, is that one of the ways I describe it is if you're facing divorce or about to go through divorce or going through it is we're trying to catch up on a decade, two decades, three decades or more of your life. Um, and you're walking into an office or we're having a phone conversation or whatever for the very first time. And our job is to help you in the best way we can, but there's a lot of uh, history associated with that that we're not going to know in that first consultation or uh, whatever that, that you can easily uh, or at least with some thought, help get us up to speed uh, on the key items. And so one of the things I recommend when it comes to the, to the history is, um, I, I just like to document the key events. There's, there's interesting, um, when someone sits down and, and writes down the key dates, uh, key, th key times things happen, could be financial, such as buying a house, could be something that's personal um, in, in nature, in terms of re relationship or when something happened. Um, but you get a much better uh, picture, or at least you start to get a much better picture of what you, as, as the person listening or, or watching, um, what you've been through, or what you've been dealing with over a period of time. Because, uh, you know, very rarely, almost never, is this a uh, one thing happened and the marriage ended process. This is uh, usually a... A lot of things happened over a long period of time, and now we're finally at this point. And um, all of those things that happened in the background could be very relevant in terms of how we help you get to a better future. 
Right. And, you know, importantly in all of that, by you sitting down and writing this up, one, I think just putting pen to paper or typing it up or whatever helps you to remember and takes you through. You will Things will come up in your mind as you're doing that. But sitting down with your divorce attorney, sitting down with your mediator, sitting down with your financial professional and spending an hour or two telling them all of this you are spending quite a bit of money on those professionals just to bring them up to speed on your history. Whereas this is one of those areas where as both as an exercise for you to pull it all together so that you can go back and insert something that you forgot or do, you can get a much more complete picture taking the time to do it outside of sitting down with or or meeting with your professional. But you're also not going to be paying hundreds of dollars an hour, depending on what to to go in and tell your story. Your therapist may want to hear some of this and, and that's the appropriate setting. But a lot of these factual details, even if they're layered in with additional details, detail. Um, it's, it's just better for you to put it in this format and get it to us. So I loved that you had that in there. So many people just don't even spot, you know, spot that and tell their clients to do it. And I think you said something very important about factual details. Um, one of the reasons I encourage people to write it out is when you start discussing or thinking or reliving a lot of these things, um, it's easy to go on a tangent about, well, he shouldn't have, or she shouldn't have, or I can't believe this, or whatever. And next thing you know is if you are in an office, you're, you're spending uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you might have gone through 100 or 200 bucks a time on something that's totally a non sequitur, at least in terms of getting you actual help. Uh, and, and getting you through the process. Um, but when you write it down, you still might include uh, some extraneous details, but it's much easier to, I have some, some clients where I say, all right, you get an Excel spreadsheet, you get one column with um, the date or the month, and then the other column you get up to two sentences about what actually happened, just to try and keep people focused on, here's what we really need to know versus let's relive every moment of the past uh, marriage, good, bad, and everything in between, which isn't necessarily the most productive use of time, but knowing the facts is. Well, and that's so true. And I think about the people who will come in and start telling me a story about a factual, you know, something that factually I need to know. But then it goes off into the tangent of, and then I sent an email that said this, and then his mother called me and she said this. And really, that is part of your story. One thing, though, you're, is you're burying yourself back in the story, burying yourself back in the moment of trauma or, or discord or conflict that of what, what whatever went on then, if that's the, because it's usually a tale of what someone else did wrong. Um, and you're, you are giving a lot of probably extraneous information that's not necessarily relevant to your professional helping you. So very key point here on that marital history. Uh, now, you, you had some other good points that, again, a lot of financial professionals, I don't hear them telling people this, but you say you need to take steps to keep your spouse from spying on you. Um, and that's there are some good tips in there. So maybe you could share some of those because I think those will be uh, very actionable for people who are listening right now. Yeah, it's it's a um, tricky subject because technology is complicated. But at its core, you want to be able to freely communicate with your uh, friends, advisors, etc and not have someone reading or intercepting or observing those conversations. Um, so you can decide what's best for you. I mean, if you're going through the divorce process, 
ultimately uh, you're going to need to figure out what you want and sometimes you're going to have to have hard conversations or explore different avenues or thoughts about it and if your spouse is uh, looking over your shoulder with everything that you say even though it might be an electronic form um, it can really make the process uh, I would just say trickier for you and so what I encourage is everyone should get some very basic things start a new email address if you use uh, a Google Gmail service go to Yahoo or go to another email provider that you normally don't use you shouldn't even just use your normal name either you know put some numbers some letters in there so it's just for this divorce purpose uh, no one else has access to it you have a unique password and yeah not the that. dog's name exactly. not the kids birthdays exactly. not your anniversary totally you know? I encourage yeah. people to get a new phone um, yeah. It's okay. It's you know, nice thing about technology today is it's not that expensive. It can be a couple hundred bucks to get a, a new smartphone, a second phone that you just use for the divorce process, where you have your own phone line that your team can communicate with you. You just put your your email address on there. You can get text messages, um, have your own you know notes program or, or whatever you use, but. The, the point is this, is that for all of your normal everyday technology, and then there's also some, some offline things, is you should set up your new accounts because oftentimes, and I see this uh, every week, if not every day, is that you share the same photos account. You, you have both have each, you use the same computer in the house, so you have access to each other's email. And of course, if someone's you know, in the other room uh, or, or downstairs or whatever the case may be, it's awfully tempting to see what that spouse has been Googling or what they've been emailing to their attorney. Have they talked to an attorney? Whatever the case is, uh, it's easy to have that other spouse spy on you. And the other thing I say is if you can set up your own address, um, be it a PO box or be it a friend's address where you can get mail for a few months, um, do that as well is because your attorney might need to send you something. You might need to request a records for something. Um, and having that come through your normal flow, I will say things have a habit of disappearing. Um, and so uh, to any way that you can kind of uh, protect your privacy from your spouse, it's not that you're hiding anything, it's just you want this information that you're sharing to be private. And doing some very basic things, be it email, address, phone, etc., can uh, you know help help you through that process and keep someone from always looking over your shoulder or also doing things to disrupt uh, the divorce process. I've I've seen emails get deleted when they're not on a on a separate thing, voice messages that you never received, um, and uh, mail that just never arrives um, when when both spouses have access to it and you're going through the divorce process. So. Whatever you can do, and, and I outline a few steps in the book, but I also give some additional resources to just keep your communications private. It can be very helpful uh, in the short and long run as you're, you're building your new independent life. Yeah, I think those are, are great points. I will say the thing that has been popping up in cases quite a bit lately with smart homes that operate off a home tablet, a iPad or something like that, they will be logged into one of the party's Apple accounts or into a certain account. And so I've actually had cases where one party found out about the other party's affair because text messages started coming in on that. So, you know, realizing in the world we live in today, Alexa's listening, things are going on. You do have to be cognizant of 
maintaining your privacy. It's great that you said you're not trying to hide things. This isn't about pulling the wool over your spouse's eyes, but you do need to be able to maintain some confidentiality to be able to speak with and, and to be educated, to speak with your professionals. And you need to know that you're receiving everything that you think you're receiving. Unfortunately, divorce is one of those situations where even great people can sometimes do bad things. Um, it can bring out the worst in people. So even if your spouse wouldn't normally ever open your mail or look through your emails or invade your privacy in some way, it can happen in a divorce situation. And unfortunately, that then just exacerbates the situation and it just makes it worse um, because now trust is breached and, and we go places. So I do want to make sure I touch on this particular point. I told you before we started taping, it's my favorite of all your points. Um, and, and I liked the title of this section. It's Court Sucks, Avoid It If You Can. And, you know, as a mediator, my primary uh, approach to divorce these days after being a litigator for 20 plus years is mediation. I love that you point this out, like get yourself out of court if you can, because it does suck. Um, we were also talking about Marriage Story, the movie, um, and I think that kind of just drives it home. So what did you mean by this and what do you suggest for, for clients? Yeah, it's, it's a real simple point. I mean, you've spent far more time in courtrooms than, than, than I have, I'm sure. Um, but I think the I actually think it's kind of a funny societal thing, if, if one can say that, is we have all these great court dramas. I love the law and orders and, and every court show funny and, and serious and in between where court sounds like you're going to have this great trial, get your day in court. Judge is going to be on point. Um, and <laughs> uh, that's just not the reality. And it's not a very pleasant experience, and no one really cares about you other than you, and you, you're not going to get your day, and it's going to be wildly disappointing um, for almost everyone who goes through it. And you're going to end up with a much worse outcome most of the time than you would have had you solved it uh, via mediation or, or other means. And so... Uh, just avoid it if you can. I mean, look, there are certainly situations where court is inevitable and it is going to be the only way that you can resolve things. Um, but if you can avoid it, do. It's going to save you a lot of time, money, energy, and will probably lead you in a much better place uh, uh, in all aspects uh, versus having trying to fight it out till the bitter end. Right. I mean, great point. You know, the, the thing about litigation itself is it's just based on an adversarial model. There's a winner, there's a loser. It engenders sort of a conflict cycle, um, which just then means even when the divorce is over, it's not really over because the conflict continues past that. So and on that point of saving money, I mean, you're a financial professional, you know, litigation can cost people their entire their children's college education, their retirement savings. I, you know, I litigated for a long time. It was a successful career because the model is based on an hourly payment of several hundred dollars and a lot of hours get spent in litigation. So I, I, I love that that's a part of what you're advising people in this section, you know, of the book, the top 10 tips. Um, so there you have a few more tips in that section. And then I just want to point out to everyone, that's just one section of your book. There's a great deal of helpful information. There's good stuff about how to find an attorney, what to be looking for, um, other aspects of your finances to be aware of. Um, so why don't, can you tell, and I know, you know, we've just 
done a brief sort of overview, um, a lot of information in a short period of time. So if people have questions or want to reach out, can you tell people how to get in touch with you and how to get your book? Yeah, so everything is at divorceandyourmoney.com. Real simple. You can get the podcast there. There's a link to my book, which is also called Divorce and Your Money, uh, How to Avoid Costly Divorce Mistakes, uh, and my podcast, uh, and also a bunch of other resources. Uh, you know, I do coaching calls with people across the country as well and, and help them through the various uh, financial complications. I mean, my, my goal is just to help people in whatever way uh, works best for them. I mean, I, I think we all uh, understand that divorce is a very complicated process legally, emotionally, financially, and, um, you know, however I can help uh, in my, my small way, be it on the financial side, I, I love helping people and as many as I can. There's tons of free resources uh, available on my website and, and some paid ones as well. Well, and, and such a, a great thing that, you know, one, I love you must work online with clients. If you're working with people all over as an online mediator, I love knowing that because I um, I think that having access to the top professionals because you can meet with them online just makes, you know, that the experience a little bit better for people. So I do hope that people heard that they can reach out to you from anywhere, um, as well as, you know, the fact you said, um, you know, you help people financially. It's it's emotional, too, because the finances are so tied up in our emotions and the fear and all the other negative emotions that can come along with divorce. So um, I hope people understand that by getting control over the financial piece of divorce, that will have a lot to do with creating some peace in their soul, in their lives as they go forward. Um, and, and a financial advisor, one last note I just want to point out to people, a financial advisor does not have to be there just to help you from your perspective. I work with a lot of CDFAs who come in as a neutral into a case to help the couple figure out what the best financial decisions are for that family. And so that's something important for people to know, I think, as well. Yeah, I think I think that's very true. I mean, you know, my my job is so long as everyone's rational or at least somewhat <laughs> reasonable, uh, uh, we can get to a good solution. Um, and uh, certainly if, if there's a couple willing to listen and say, hey, how do we how do we find a solution that works for both of us? Uh, and, and maybe the kids as well, then, then that's you know, the perfect situation uh, when that happens uh, also. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sending me the book, for sharing your expertise and knowledge with my listeners. I really appreciate it, Sean. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it, and, and I hope the listeners find it helpful. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com, where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.